0: The numbers told the story, they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on Visa.
3: Good Thursday morning to you. It is a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. It's Gil Alexander and Kelly Bidlin in the house, producer number nine, so much more than a producer. Kelly,
4: you good? Now. Blue Day Thursday. What's Blue Day Thursday? My blue shirt's better than your blue shirt. Oh come on!
3: <laughs> well, you got a little jean thing happening. Look at you. All
4: right. Yeah, I don't know. All right, he's ready to
3: go. Yeah. We got we got lots of guests today, man.
4: We're loaded.
3: Uh, John Legace will join us to talk both football and basketball, uh, football and basketball, football and baseball here momentarily. Adam Kramer on college football. Will Hill, NFL. And God knows what else with Will. Maybe he's got some Week 11 picks for us. We we don't know with Will. He's got picks. Joe Pita will join us to talk Survivor, to talk Millions for a circuit contest, and to talk about profit exchange in New Jersey again. For those who have the opportunity to bet on an exchange in New Jersey, man, do we envy you. And Jason Weingarten from Under a Cloud of Smoke to talk with us about uh, multiple sports as well. Uh, Crack cannot be here today, so Crack will uh, rejoin us next week here on the show. Uh, we uh, we added some Week One NFL bets we'll get to and uh, some baseball bets that we finally made yesterday, uh, which we'll talk about momentarily as well. And Of course, Thursday night football tonight, which I don't know if I'm going to have a preflop bet on, but uh, we'll see if Kelly does as well. Moment we were two.
4: talking about that downstairs, and I don't have one yet, Gil. We're gonna. It might be some props. I might get in on some player props, but side and total. Eesh. I don't
3: think I'm staying away. And the thing is, uh, you know, I always say, well, I'll just wait for in-game. Who it's streaming tonight, man. I don't know. Like, that okay. could have implications.
4: All right, that's an interesting conversation, and maybe we'll spend more time on it later, because you know, I do think that it. Look, will that affect in-game? Yeah, I, I think it. I think you need to have it in the back of your mind. But, you know, we like we always recommend it on primetime action anyways. Look, the safest course is action is always to wait for a commercial break anyways. And your streaming yes. service is not going to be... On a three-minute delay, I don't think it's something you need to worry about for that. Now, if you're trying to hop in literally in game while the game, while the game is going on and not during a commercial break, yeah, I would be a little I would be a little cautious about that tonight.
3: I'm even worried about breaks. I really am. We, we brought this up when it first came up that Amazon was was you know going to get this package, but it, it, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, because the timing of this is going to be interesting. Because already on cable, right? We,
4: we were no, you're, watching. you're yeah, you're behind twenty seconds or whatever. And watch,
3: th- yeah, we were watching on primetime, we'd watch basketball games, we'd be two and a half possessions behind sometimes. Football games, way further behind than you think.
4: Well, and there's we I mean, we know just from working in the business that you're always on a delay. But yep. the the one that always blows my mind too, because it, it, it happened even when you and I were texting about a game the other night. You were a full twenty or thirty seconds ahead of me. Well, it was something like we were, we which, were watching that Seahawks-Broncos game, and you were, you were texting me about a play, and I'm like, uh, what play? Oh, that play that just happened. Got right,
3: it. Particularly important when we are watching those B-Boy breakdancing championships <laughs> yesterday. Right, exactly. You did not want to be behind <laughs> me for those. Spoiling it with all the moves. Hey, before we, we talk about anything, can, can I pay tribute to Roger Federer this morning for yes. just a couple minutes? Roger Federer at the age of 41, and we knew this announcement was, was coming one day, and today happens to be that day. He announces his retirement from the sport of tennis. He will play the Labor Cup as his final event, but uh, that's it in terms of competitive tennis moving forward after that. Uh, Roger Federer, who I have often said on this show, that Roger Federer, Rafa Nadal, and Novak Djokovic are better at tennis than any of us are at anything in life. Uh, they were a pleasure. All all three of them have been a pleasure. And specifically for me, Roger Federer of those three has been a pleasure to watch for 24 years now. And uh, Federer ends his career, obviously, with 20 Grand Slam singles titles. That is third all-time. Uh, Rafa has 22. Novak Djokovic has 21. Uh, Roger Federer ends his career with 20. 103 ATP Tour wins over 1,500 matches Over his 24 year career, 310 weeks at number one. Novak has uh, passed that on the all time list. But Roger Federer still holds the record for 237 consecutive weeks at number one between the years 2004 and 2008. More than four year span.
4: That's insane. I saw that one earlier. It's just crazy. Yeah, one of the great—I mean, keep going because there's many more to have. He, well, he is one of the greatest individual athletes of all time. I, I'm
3: Listen, I, I'm not going to even go through the stats anymore. I'm just going to sort of say when—I remember watching, it was specifically the 2004 Australian Open. And, you know, we had grown up with, in one era, McEnroe, Connors, and Borg. And then subsequent to that, the Sampras Agassi era. And you, you figured, oh, my God, these are the greats of all time. And then I remember watching the 2004 Australian Open and just thinking to myself— oh my God, this guy is better than all of them. He was an artist. Yep. It was just not, like nothing you've ever seen before. And McEnroe subsequently admitted to, he goes, all these guys, they're better than we were. And I know it was different rackets, and so it's hard to compare eras, but but Roger Federer was the true artist. Beloved by all. That was the other thing. Yep. Like, no no one hates Roger Federer. You know what I mean? Like, it's spectacular. And I would even, I would even argue the greatest match of them all might have been in defeat the 2008 Wimbledon final against Rafa Nadal, where, where Federer was the first final besides a French, or the first slam final besides a French that he lost. And he openly wept. And it was just this, I mean, there was a Borg-McEnroe-Wimbledon Wimbledon match when we were kids that movies had been made about, might have been the greatest, you know, match of all time until then. But then 2008 Wimbledon final was just maybe the greatest of all time. But Roger Federer, what can you say? Um, One of the great careers, not only in the sport of tennis, where it might be the greatest of all time, but one of the great careers in
4: all of sports, coming to an end this morning. How's that for a tribute?
5: You good with great?
4: I mean, he is—he's one of the all-time greats. I don't know, and even even when even when Novak and Nadal came onto the scene, he was always a guy. Always a guy. I ended up rooting for more. Uh, It felt like. You know, for a long time there, it felt like you know Nadal was was only going to kind of uh, dominate on, on clay until he, until he really did expand his game and and Djokovic. Yeah, I think people have had you know different re- love re- hate relationships with Djokovic over the years, fair or unfair. So I, you know, Federer's always been a likable guy. Maybe not the most exciting guy on the planet, but you know, hey, great at what he did, and he was always likable. Just a
3: uh, wonderful what what an era of tennis and. Uh... Novak and uh, Rafa still go on, but uh, Roger Federer calling it quits today. As far as Thursday night football tonight, uh, Keenan Allen, once again, for those who missed it, for the Chargers, he's out against the Chiefs with that hamstring injury. J.C. Jackson, game-time decision, the old game-time decision tonight for the Chargers defense. uh, Per Tom Pelissero, the Chiefs have ruled out. Uh, Harrison Butker, which is huge, obviously, for the game against the Chargers. We, We don't often talk about field goal kickers, right? We don't often focus on that. And yet they decide so many games in the National Football League. So Butker out tonight. Um as far as this Sunday George Kittle didn't practice Wednesday questionable for the Sunday game against the Seahawks that's huge still for the Niners obviously and so uh, that's the that's the biggest news in terms of the Sunday games but back to tonight for a second I've got nothing on this here pre-flop. This is one of these where we did our power rankings yesterday Kelly and for me they were the second and third best teams in the in the uh, AFC. They're probably the second and third best teams in all of football as far as I'm concerned right now and listen here's I mean we do pro tips every hour, but what's the biggest tip we always give? Just because it's a standalone, just because it's there, doesn't mean you have to bet it. Your biggest advantage is better is choosing what to bet, what not to. Maybe you do have conviction on this game. Maybe you're like, oh, I'm taking the points. Or maybe you're laying them. Maybe you don't buy into the Chargers. I'm not going to tell you not to. But for me, this is not a game I w- – it's not in one of my millions. It's not one of my millions picks either, right? I wasn't yeah. tempted by no, it at all. Me either.
4: It, I mean, it, like you said, we, we we say it a million. We've said it a million times, but we can It it deserves to be said a million more, right? Where it's we were talking about that on on guest lines, where it's like, man, Chris, I have no idea what you would even post for the for this kind of game. Yeah. We were talking about. I brought that up with Bear, uh, the Bears uh, Packers game, uh, you know. And this one, like, look, look, this is perfect. I I think six weeks from now. I'd likely be saying the same thing about this game, even, right? It's like, what you're like, yes, the NFL season can change rapidly, but this felt like three when it opened. It should have been three. It's moved to four because of Keenan Allen being out, and that is well deserved. I think there are concerns uh with that Chargers wide receiver core. We'll look at some of the props for tonight later on in the show. Um, but you know, I think there's gonna be some concerns there. Mike Williams is a guy that that look, he's a very great, he's a great downfield threat, but that's really mostly what they utilize him for, so I think there's going to be some question marks there. Uh, Gil, I don't even, like, it's one of those sides I have no interest in touching, and kind of like you said, in-game, I don't, I don't even think I have an interest in getting in on an in-game because of how quickly these offenses can strike. The, I think the only lean I could possibly have is maybe on the under in this game. I do think that, I do think it's pretty high, that total's pretty high, and no Keenan Allen, I think, could factor in for the Chargers. Uh, but I don't know if we're going to see, I think it's going to be tough with this Chargers defense for Patrick Mahomes to replicate what he did last week against the Arizona Cardinals. Um... I think I would be unfair uh, to the Chargers D to say he's going to do that. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying it's going to be a low-scoring game, and I, I look. I, I wouldn't bet your money to sit through an under on this game tonight. No. I'll just sit back and enjoy
3: <laughs> it. No, um, I, I like I said, I wasn't tempted. I, I did. I was four and one in millions. By the way, you're surprised that only only 209 people went five and zero. Oh? I thought it'd be way more than that. I you know that
4: made a, made a, you and I both happy last yeah. night seeing that. I was yeah. like, oh
3: wow, that's interesting. I thought it was way more than that. So I was not tempted by this, but um, we'll get other people's thoughts on the show today about this game. See if They have other ones. Baseball news, a couple of returns on mounds coming tomorrow. Um, First of all, for the Yankees, Eraldis Chapman expected to rejoin the Yankees' pen tomorrow. And perhaps more importantly for people with AL Cy Young bets, Astros manager Dusty Baker saying that Justin Verlander, with a calf injury, tentatively scheduled to return to the rotation against the Athletics tomorrow. So uh, that could be interesting to see if uh, Verlander comes back strong. I finally went ahead, Kelly. And bet Framber Valdez for Cy Young yesterday. We have talked it up for a long time on this show. I finally got around to doing it. 50-1 to was the number I got on Valdez. It's about half of that right right now. And then I finally went ahead and bet bet the Braves plus 175 to win the NL East. Both the Braves and the Mets losing yesterday. Mets getting swept, by the way. But plus 175, they're tied in the loss column. The Braves are a half game behind. And I get it. They've got seven games left against the Phillies. That's the differentiator. But plus
4: 175, I'll take that all day long. Hey, with all due respect to my counterpart who used to uh, sit in this chair and root for the Mets, you're just betting, get, you're betting uh, that the Mets are going to Mets. I, I like it. I'd rather be on that side of it, that's for sure.
3: Betting the Mets are going are gonna to Mets. And by the way, I've said this all the time with these awards we did with Josh Towers yesterday. One of these baseball awards markets, a long shot is coming home, and I have convinced myself that it's going to be Framber Valdez. I am pretty darn convinced of that. We'll come back. John Leguesa on both baseball and football next.
0: What's up? I'm John Wall.
6: And I'm CJ Toledano. And we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA six Man of the Year,
0: A numbers game on v the sports betting network.
3: It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. It's Gil Alexander. We get tweets, Kelly, at Beating the Book. You familiar with that? Hmm.
4: I've heard that. Phil Blundell. So, Phil.
3: Phil was just uh, listening to the whole thing about uh, streaming and being worried about in game betting. He said, We've got Amazon Prime for the Premier League in the UK. He says all of this with an accent, I presume. Uh, He says, On a Fire Stick, it's more up to date than the usual TV broadcasts. The TV apps are slow. It's genuine potluck on how delayed you are, and it doesn't appear to be a constant.
4: I, I From my experience, I would agree with that completely. Of there, There's not a constant. I mean, I mean, it depends on your internet speed, right, and it, all that. We need, we need the Kenjaneer in here to explain how uh, yeah. internet speeds work in I mean, uh, it's streaming. The,
3: the thing about it is, like, <laughs> uh, what percentage of the audience, as soon as I said fire sticker, are like, oh, God, <laughs>
4: this is too much work.
3: Uh, Jason DeHart uh, he said, DraftKings is a promo for tonight's game where you take a team on the money line, and if your team goes up by seven-plus points, you win your bet. If you were able to bet that, he knows we're in Nevada, which team would you take? That's an interesting question from Jason DeHart, who's rocking the uh, Virginia Cavaliers.
4: I'd say there's a, there's a pretty good chance that uh, both teams could be could win well, that bet for you.
3: I think you're right. It, I don't know that I could answer that. Could go either way for me.
4: I still my, my heart still wants to say Chargers.
3: Still does mine. But Lord knows it could go either way. Sorry we're not more definitive on that, but this is just one of these games. Will Hill might have a, a thought on that. Will Hill, of course, who joins us to uh, discuss multiple sports known for making random midseason bets. How you doing, Will? Oh, I'm sorry. It's John Leguiza. Pardon me. One, way, we're we're one ahead of each other. It's John Leguiza. That's what I meant. John Leguiza. Here's where the confusion is. John has changed his Twitter. John has changed his show. John, would you like to update everybody on this? Your Twitter is now straight at John legesa
5: Yeah, I even changed my shirt <laughs> about that one. Yeah, because I'm doing football work now, and I really want to get the entire package to the four. Yes, I'm at. John Legazer, J-O-H-N-L-E-G-H-E-Z-Z-A. And the new show is The Mix on Mayo Media Net. Gil, I missed you so much, man. It's been so long you forgot my name, man. man Let's get back to no, it, right? No,
3: no, we didn't forget your name. You even shaved for this. It should be pointed out. That's correct, First right?
5: First time for everything.
3: Yes, I shaved for this. All right, so wait. <laughs> l- l- before we get to football, before we get to football, what's your one baseball? We don't want to, you know, your roots are baseball. You still have a baseball play today, a prop?
5: Oh, you listen, always, I'm always capping baseball, but as that begins to wane and the interest heads into football, right? I'm juggling just another ball. But there are some awesome plays because the public kind of takes their eyes off it. You know it's a plus money play. We like Eloy Jimenez over one and a half total bases. I made sure to get it out in front this time. He's they're on the road, right? So that's number one for total base prop. Something I always like to highlight, because we really want to guarantee that ninth frame, the White Sox are going to be favored against the Guardians and Hunter Gaddis. He only has one career start, so I don't want to overreact to eight runs allowed in three and a third innings. The problem is the Guardians have gone through some serious injuries with the rotation. and Now he's kind of forced where maybe he doesn't belong. He has a track record of being an extreme fly ball pitcher. We're talking 47% or higher, even with his decent K numbers in the minor leagues. We'll get to that in a second. The problem is hyper usage of the fastball. So for the newbies or novices, maybe just be careful. It's not that these pitchers are necessarily bad or gas cans. Generally, the arsenal is not robust, meaning he throws the fastball 60% of the time, and it's not that great, 93 miles an hour is okay, not good enough to get by on, 15 inches of vertical run, 7 inches of arm side run, sorry, 15 inches of vertical ride. But the idea being, the dimensions there are not enough to hyper-use that fastball, so big league hitters are going to sit on it, give me Eloy, last 30 days he's been a man on fire, 68 hard hits, 17% barrel, a 293 ISO, remember, all important, ISO is an extra base hit rate, very important for total base or prop play, where OPS includes walk rate, They don't cash those tickets for you. So always be very careful about that. You want to be making sure there's contact being made. And he is a fastball killer, right? We want to make that matrix 60% use coming in. So Eloy, on the year against right-handed fastballs, not even lefties, 80% 80% contact, 32% barrel, 18% blast a 523 x woba and again that all important ninth frame. I think Eli gets this done with ease, two singles, maybe even a first inning double to get us done, wrapped up nice and easy. And you know I love the plus money at 110.
3: All right, real quick, has your has your baseball betting volume generally ratcheted back a little this time of year?
5: Yes, it has, although some of that has to do with the the push and pull where I used to go for more volume because I had confidence in the f five money lines to make my bits on those pushes, right? a, a push kind of being like a win. Now that those have been removed, yes, I have more narrowed my focus on F5 team totals and these plus money prop plays. So yeah, it's less. Sometimes less is more, I guess.
3: Okay. So again, you just mentioned you have a new show called the Mix on the Mayo yeah. Media Network, NFL show. What about the yeah. question that we were just asked on Twitter um, about? Hey, uh, DraftKings has this thing where tonight um, one team goes up seven. If you bet them on the money line, one team goes up seven plus points. Which team you're more likely to bet on if you if you had to do one of those?
5: I guess it's chalkish, but you got to give me Kansas City. They're playing all three phases of the game very well, and a healthy Patty Mahomes is probably the best player on the planet. We've seen them adjust very well. To the absence of Tyreek Hill, and I think that was a valid question, a guy that's going to soak up that many targets and be able to work on different levels of the field, how would they kind of respond? Casey looked incredible. Cardinal defense, not fantastic, but man, Casey looked great. They're obviously a pop to score a touchdown at any given time, so just give me the Chiefs.
3: Okay, so now I'll be be honest with everybody, John. What you've been texting me about the most here over the last couple weeks, uh, even beyond that, is... Reading the NFL market, and this has yes. been your passion thing for for a while now. And you were able to successfully predict the moves on both the Giants and Washington games this week. Can you try to? Can you give us an explanation as to what indicators you yes. saw?
5: Yes. Well, thank you very much for helping me along in this journey. And it's been your advice to make it more digestible that's made me really focus on just that. The idea is this: it's it's mostly science but it's also art, it comes from trading terms, we call it reading the tape. Simply put, we look for inefficiencies in pricing that create pockets of volume, which become a leading indicator for a price move. In these terms for NFL, the price per point was just way too low. People begin to pile up on the perceived deal, and we're now checking that as an indicator for price moves It's getting crazy. I have professional handicappers in my DMs daily wondering how we've pulled off. I mean, it was five moves last week. It's six moves to one loss this week. And it was only a half point move against us that I think we could regain. And then I think there's also that level of understanding of the game and then more so how the public will digest these lines so i don't think you could just do it with a calculator again i have an interesting kind of overlap of these understandings the giants yeah they won but they weren't very good i don't think they're the better football team in this game And i think the public is starting to catch on we had the misprice, price and now that again just being a leading indicator we're catching the lag is now catching up and we're seeing it manifest in these price moves
3: okay and so for people to do a deeper dive on this where do they go to your twitter
5: Yeah, check me on Twitter. I'm gonna launch the it's free right now, my Patreon page. I'm only doing it for two bucks a week because to me it really means more to help out the person that only bets ten dollars a game, that more likely gets smoked than some of the professionals on this show that we know are already on top of this stuff. So for two bucks a week, I think we're really gonna make that, you know, we're earning that money every single day, I think. So yeah, I got it. The Patreon page, it's John the as well.
3: What are your favorite plays this week? Week number two. How'd you do week number one, first of all?
5: I did pretty good. I ended up getting caught on that last one i guess my expectations for denver were a bit too high you know they didn't win they didn't cover and then that was just some of the poorest clock management i hate to make excuses but there are 12 year old madden experts that would have won that game three times over let's get into the prop play for today that's what i'm looking at i think you guys really you really capped the game for me with the uncertainty and that's fine people if you feel uncertain don't take the bet. So, I'm not looking for a line or a spread here. Where I think the misprice is, is on a receiving prop. It's Juju Smith Schuster at 55 and a half receiving yards. This one I don't get. So, right off the bat, Contextual environment is there. Over, under a 54, everyone's expecting scoring without bucking the trend. Patrick Mahomes is a walking 350 yard passer. He did that with five touchdowns last week. Juju ran 32 routes on 43 snaps. That's a 74% route participation. That's top 25 in the league. Eight catches. Uh, eight targets, six catches, 79 receiving yards. So we're 30% over what we needed. And they pulled back on the reins because they were up 30 points, 21% team target share, 25% target per route run, double-digit a dot. That's average depth of target, right? So we to get to 55, we're not going to need Dick and Dunk. This is not a three- or four-yard slot receiver. I don't really get it. And he took 63% of his snaps out wide. I think we
3: – Oh, and there we go. We just – Maybe at the right time there, because we got to go anyway. But uh, we lost uh, John Legasa there. But, again, it's John Legasa's show called The Mix on the Mayo Media Network. It's his new NFL show. And uh, he does have a play, Kelly, on this. He's going over receiving yards. Juju Smith-Schuster over 55-and-a-half is what we're seeing right now. I like
4: now. it, that depleted secondary for the Chargers. I think that's a good play.
3: Yeah, and reduced juice, a little bit of reduced juice on the 55-and-a-half uh, uh, as well, I believe. Um, so, Okay. Well, it's minus 110 on each side. 55 and a half is the number going over on Juju. We'll come back. College football with Adam Kramer. Oh, so many thoughts on week two, that was. And he's got thoughts on week three ahead. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. Start your football season on the right foot by subscribing to VSEN Pro. Get full access to everything we do, including our daily picks at a glance recap of the top plays made by VSEN show hosts and guests, 24 7 video, season prep. That includes our weekly college and pro football matchup guides covering every game all season long, pro tools like our exclusive betting splits, and pro tips updated every hour with actionable insights to up your betting game. Sign up on our discounted football special and get VSEN Pro access to everything we do for now through the Super Bowl for only $175 or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Go to vston.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Skill Alexander. Kelly Bidlin is here as well. Producer number nine. Kelly, uh, we don't have any uh, pre flop plays tonight, but we sure have some pre flop plays for this weekend, don't we? Week number yeah, we two do. in the National Football League. Um, did you go teaser? In addition to uh, to some spreads here, to some to some sides.
4: I only have one teaser this week. I Only have just one the, teaser. just the
3: Bengals Vikings. I Did
4: Bengals Vikings? Um, yeah, if, if run through mine quick. I did add uh, I did add the Bucks two and a half. We were talking a little bit about that on the show yesterday.
3: Drew was very Drew, into that game. Drew was that very one?
4: into that game. That kind of, he was one of the people that kind of pushed me over the edge on that. Did end up betting that. Uh, laying the two and a half on the road at New Orleans. I think that defense for the Bucks is, uh, it, like Drew talked about, I think it's a really strong unit, one of the strongest units in the NFL. Um, I think they'll take a little bit of time to, uh, put everything together offensively. Obviously, dealing with some injuries on the outside with wide receivers. Uh, but I think they got enough to get it done in New Orleans. That game again, that game in Atlanta, I think, was a little concerning for those of us who really liked the Saints before the season. Um, We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see uh, how th- this one turns out. We know with Bucks with a bad history in uh, playing games at New Orleans, but still, I like that. Just laying two and a half um, with the Bucks heading in there. That game, pretty much two and a half market wide. Uh, if you're looking to bet it out there, Raiders. I these these next two, I bet these were all on openers on Sunday. Raiders, I laid three when that first opened. Obviously, that line has completely run the other way, uh, up to five and a half, six. Um, on that game now with the Raiders, uh, and then I bet Bears Packers under 45. That that was the biggest no-brainer on the opening lines to me, uh, to me, Gil. And you know me, I don't bet a ton of totals in the NFL. It's mainly sides, mainly a, and and a lot of teasers. Don't bet a lot of totals, but that was one. I saw 45. I don't know how you could watch either of those two games from last week and these two teams and think we're gonna get more than 45 points from Justin Fields and that Chicago offense, and then. I mean, I don't know. I, everybody, I feel like there's a lot of people just assuming Aaron Rodgers is going to bounce back in this week, too, and that offense is going to look completely fine. But it's still, it's not the same as in years past, right? Like, me and you like, keep talking about that. And I, look, I think Devontae Adams is a major, major loss, and this is going to take some time to work through that, especially if Aaron Rodgers isn't all that excited about actually working with his young wide receivers <laughs> yes. to work through that, which he's said at this point. Um, and then, yeah, my one teaser of the week, Bengals uh, and the Vikings. Vikings, I love it. I did play pretty heavy. Uh, we we've talked about that Vikings Eagles game. Look, I got I got a lot of respect for the Eagles. Um, if I think if I lose one side of it, I do think it's going to be that side. I think the Bengals are going to smoke the Cowboys this week. I that Cowboys team. I, look, they didn't, they didn't look all that great in that opener against Tampa Bay. We know that. That was with Dak. Take Dak Prescott out of there now. Insert Cooper Rush with his, I think I added up yesterday, a whole, a whole 60 pass attempts in the NFL over his uh, over his five years. I think you're going to struggle. We, they have wide receiver injuries that they're dealing with. You're going to be relying way too much on CeeDee Lamb in that running game. I think it's going to be a real, real ugly performance. And with Bengals offense, looking to bounce back,
3: right? You're not buying into the backs against the wall, backup quarterback narrative. Oh, the Cowboys are going to be hungry and live. And Win all one for the Gipper? No. Yeah. No, not, no, not either. Uh, the, the Bengals, who again, probably should have won that game with a minus five in the turnover column against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So there's that as well. Yes. Um much mine Now, much of this is going to be familiar for those who listen to Guessing Lines on Monday because a lot of this is going to be familiar to what, I, what my instant reactions were on Monday. The first one is I took the Cardinals at plus six. Um, this, to me, is the single largest overreaction of any line. Now, I don't know what the lookaheads were, but I'm guessing that before last week's game, this wasn't anywhere close to this. Right, And so for me, you're basing this on one game where the Cardinals, yes, they looked bad, but they were playing the Chiefs. Um, The Raiders, last I checked, did not win against the Chargers. You're giving me six points? Happy to be wrong. Happy to be wrong. If I'm wrong, tip of the cap. But I'm taking the Cardinals plus six. That, to me, was uh, immediately on Monday. I know you took the Raiders minus three. That's a different calculus altogether, right? Yeah. But Cardinals plus six, give me that all day long. And if you could beat me, tip of the cap.
4: I mean, look, what one of us is winning that bet, <laughs> winning their bet, maybe both of us who knows, win. right? We might that both would be win. great. Yeah. But I I think what you said is fair, but I think I think it's I think it's fair about the Raiders too, right? These are two teams. I'm leaning more on my prior priors heading into this game than what we took away from week one because look, I, both teams didn't look great. And I think we both I think we expect both to be better than what they played like in week one, but I think the Raiders just overall as the season goes on, we'll prove they're better. Yeah, I mean, season. this is
3: this is there's something in there, right? You're leaning on your priors, which is what I said about all the all of my week one, you know, thoughts, which ended up four and one in millions. So that was all like, hey, just be I ended up being four and one because my my thinking during the off was good. Yeah, this one Cardinals plus six is has nothing to do with anything but shutting off my brain, right, and just being like, hey, this line shouldn't be this.
4: I, I mean, this is I I was it, look I have that Raiders bet in, but just even. Like this is a huge number run that we've seen this week on this game. Like rarely do you see an NFL game that opens three. And I mean, yes, you, you paid for for a half a point, I'm guessing, to get minus one twenty four. Yes. Yes. But this was a solid six at small points during the week. Like this, this this game ran a whole three points from the opener to to at points midweek here. Um, the
3: other one I have here is uh, Minnesota plus two. Now this does go back to the prior. This goes back to our preseason conviction about the fact that I just think it's the year of the Vikings, especially in the NFC North. I don't know if it's the year of the Vikings beyond that. I'm not saying they're winning the Super Bowl, but I think it's the year of the Vikings in that division. And I am not as high on the Eagles as others. You're giving me a couple points, sure, I'll take them. Oh, even on the road, Vikings plus two. Uh, I like that, and then you. On the guessing lions, my biggest reaction was probably on the lions. I had the lions minus three, hosting Washington as my guess. This got to minus two and a half, and then has come back the other way. Lions by one. I don't buy in to the Commanders team of my youth. I don't buy into this uh, to this notion that they're, you know, that Carson Wentz is going to be consistent throughout a whole football game. He wasn't. In game number one, he had two consecutive picks on two consecutive passes that could have sunk Washington. He did come back with a beauty to the incomparable Terry McLaurin. But I like the Lions, and yes, most of what they did in this game last week against the the Eagles was cosmetic late. But this is just one of these uh, this is just one of these spider senses one where I think the Lions win this football game, and I'm not uh, having to give. Much at all here so, uh, in terms of points. So, Lions are, are pick number three. And then I do have a, uh, I have a, the old three team six point teaser. How about that, Kelly? At plus 150. There you go. Uh, where I took you, the same two teams you had, the Bengals and the Vikings. I added the Steelers in there. Um, there is a real chance, by the way, I guessed the Steelers minus one and a half, and it's New England favored, right, by one and a half. Now, you know, now even two in some spots. I, I think there's a real chance that New England, you ready for this? Dinks, oh, like that—they're just bad. Me too. at football.
4: I mean, that was a team we talked about all offseason. I'm like, look, I don't. This is like them and the Dolphins. I'm like, I don't have a great feel on how good these teams are going to be, but I think, I think there's a much better chance that the Patriots are much worse than the Dolphins are.
3: Yeah, I mean, look, and again, you know how you know where I stand on Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is one of the greatest coaches of all time. He also is a little overrated in my humble opinion, both things can be true. You still can be one of the greats, but you're also a little overrated. If you have you've Tom Brady as your quarterback, all these years, a lot of your warts are going to go away. Yes. And so if you're, if you are so arrogant to have some combination of Joe judge and, uh, and Matt Patricia calling your plays on offense, Matt Patricia has never done this before. Um, your offensive line looks terrible. Mac Jones might be in big trouble game for game, yeah, there's no T.J. Watt, right? That's huge, um, but still, I'll, I'll take the tease leg of this anyway. Not done not saying, not, not taking the Steelers necessarily. Necessarily, I might end up with the Steelers as a millions play, but as a teaser leg, yes, please. At home, I will take uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. By the way, uh, we will do this tomorrow. We will talk NFL adjusted NFL season win totals. I've gotten at least three or four requests from people who remember last year after Week One, where I identified the Broncos adjustment as ridiculous where they won a game they were supposed to against the Giants. And it went from it inexplicably went from seven and a half to ten and a half. And I was like, you got to pound the under on the Broncos. That was like a, a bizarro week one adjustment. So I'll take a look at those, uh, you know, just the, the the adjustment market and see if we come up with anything uh I doubt we'll have anything that similar, but the reason that this gets triggered in my head is because someone asked specifically about the Steelers staying at their number despite winning a game that they weren't supposed to, not supposed to meaning that they were six and a half point dogs. My only comment to that one is the TJ Watt absence is sort of the equalizer there, right? So that matters. The only thing that sort of plays into that kind of thing is if a really, you know, if something major changes in T.J. Watt, we don't know exactly how long he's going to be out for, Um, you know, so we'll see. Um, But that's why that does not change the, the Steelers' number, just to answer that particular question. Adam Kramer coming up, yeah. Adam Kramer, college football. That is next. The week that was, the week that will be. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
6: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.
6: A numbers game on v the
0: sports betting network.
3: Football fans can turn a loss into a win with the king of sportsbooks. Just place a single first touchdown score prop bet on every Thursday night pro football game. And if your bet loses, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. This offer is available all season long. Wager confidently and take your game to the next level with BetMGM. Just log into your account or download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Then wager on any player to score the first touchdown in any pro football game. And if your bet misses, you'll get up to $25 back Free bets. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer. Offer all promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Skill Alexander, Kelly Bidlin is here, and so is Adam Kramer, who of course uh, writes for Bleacher Report and. For our purposes, most notably at vison.com with his weekly college football report, and you can follow him on Twitter at Kegs and Eggs. Good morning, Adam. How you doing, man?
1: Man, I'm still coming up for air after last weekend <laughs> the best. That, what that is, uh, you know, you get a, maybe one or two of those a year in college football where it's just the whole thing crumbles in the best possible way, and that was one of those. So that was a that was a great deal of fun.
3: I don't want to be prisoner of the moment. I know you say one or two a year. Didn't that feel like maybe one of the bigger ones of all time though?
1: It did and what was here's I think it was the sequence that really prompted it too, right? Cuz Alabama Texas was shocking, although we got the ultimate result we expected, but we were we were kind of assuming that was going to be the biggest moment and then A&M, Notre Dame, Nebraska and and some really good, really good late night games. I think most people were probably exhausted on the East Coast already, fans. But staying up, Fresno State, Oregon State, and obviously BYU. I mean, it was just from wall to wall, like start to finish, just awesome football.
3: Yeah, I want I want to get to BYU here momentarily because I think that's the one that really might have the most important one that might have slipped under the radar. But but before we go on, I mean, last, last week, get, let's get back to this because I asked this of, of folks yesterday. Okay, um, Quinn Ewers goes out with the injury, and man, was he playing well. And then you end up with Hudson Card, and he had a a leg injury, so he was limping around the field. Obviously, there was officiating that was, how can I put this, questionable at different times during that football game. And so I just sort of asked you, I mean, is the shine, what happens to your view on Alabama at that point? Does Does the shine completely come off, or you're like, no, they'll do this once a year, I'm still good with them, they'll bounce back.
1: Well, with most teams, you'd, you'd you'd hit the panic button a bit. But, you know, you go back to the Auburn game last year for Alabama. That was kind of the Auburn game, wasn't it, where Bryce Young was, was not great, the offensive line was not great, and then, you know, you get one drive, a couple of crazy catches, and voila. Here's the concern point for Alabama, and I think the concern is, is very real. The wide receivers don't seem to be in sequence. They're going to get some guys back, which I think is going to help. The offensive line is not great, that cornerback I thought for them was going to be really good and you know you mentioned questionable officiating there was also some non-questionable calls I mean they were holding all over the place so mm-hmm. like 15 penalties so I think it's fair to actually have like legitimate concerns um, Jameer Gibbs has got to get the ball more I mean they're probably going to give him more touches I assume when he, you're running back is your leading wide receiver that means you have a really good running back it also means you got some issues at wide receiver so no, I absolutely think you've got to look at Alabama a little bit more closely now and maybe view some of their games that are coming up here in the coming weeks a little bit a little bit differently for sure. But um, you know Bryce Young can still do his thing, right? And they have a kicker now, which has always been like in those moments many moons ago that was like, oh, no, how is it going to go wrong? Yes, there are definitely some concern points on the team that's still really, really good.
3: I feel so bad for Texas, Adam. Like I had, you know, I have no skin yeah. on the game you know, season long for Texas, so I'm not involved. But, man, this seemed like, wow, this could have been something with them this year.
1: Yeah, and, you, like, go back to Colt McCoy injuring his shoulder, right? Mm-hmm. You know, go back 12 years ago to the BCS game. It's, the vibes are somewhat similar. So, obviously, you're going to be without Quinn Ewers. That That's the, the most disappointing part is, like, that dude looks fun. He was slinging it from, like, all arm angles. Like, the guy we heard about was, was in, you know, had a drop touchdown pass. Otherwise, would have had, like, a perfect performance while he was in there. You take the moral victories. I'm I'm really curious how Texas responds, though, right? Because the O-line, like all the things that Alabama did not do great, Texas did do great, right? And this is a group that has not been great up front on both sides. I thought they were. I think it will be very interesting to see how they responded. Hopefully, you know, didn't, like, let this entire thing deflate them, which it absolutely could. you got UTSA coming up, man. They're a team that can score, yeah. that can push you, and it would be very Texas for them to lose that. I, I hope that's not the case.
3: All right, so let's let, – I'll, I'll sort of segue from last week to this week by talking about two coaches who are just – you can't say they're on the hot seat because, not. I mean, it's not a Scott Frost situation. But good God, if Notre Dame loses to Cal and Notre Dame goes 0-3, my God, what will that be like? And then Jimbo Fisher, you mentioned it, Appalachian State comes in and, and takes down Texas A&M. Jimbo's supposed to be the offensive guy, right? Like, I mean, the offense does not look good at all. They were dominated on the lines of scrimmage, where Appalachian State just held the ball. And now they've got Miami. Let's start with Texas A&M. They've got Miami. They're five-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, boy, oh, boy, I mean, it's five now. I mean, what if the hurricane win here? And A&M goes to one and two. This was supposed to be the year, right?
1: This is supposed to be the It's becoming the same thing that we're saying every year. Wow! Look at all those talent. Look at how they drop. You know the game. This is this is an Jimbo needs to have his Nick Saban moment. What I mean by that is Jimbo needs to get his hands off the offense and let bring in Elaine Kiffin. The Alabama dynasty changed when Lane Kiffin. In, in a lot of ways, but when you think about that moment where Nick said, "I can no longer do this the way I want to do it. It can't be blender ball, meat grinder ball. It's not going to work." I think Jimbo needs to do that. Now it doesn't help in the interim. Miami is really good. And if I'm looking at this game, I'm going to look at quarterbacks. You've got Tyler Van Dyke, and then you've got AM who can't score much of anything. Now, Miami offensively has not been superb this year. Again, it's very early on. But um, total of this one I think says a lot, too, right, 44-and-a-half. Uh, that, that was like in the Iowa-Iowa State total range of what kind of game we're likely to get here. So I think it'll be ugly. I don't think this offense is going to be fixed sooner this year. And, yeah, you've got, what, $95 million left on that Jimbo contract. Um, All of it is guaranteed. Uh, They need to figure some things out. And I think you've got some offensive problems that are going to linger. That being said, they've got some dudes. They've got a really good defense. Um, And so for this game, it's not shocking that A&M is a five-point favorite. I still think we have a lot to learn about Miami and Mario Cristobal.
3: You don't want any part of that spread?
1: I I don't, um, because I don't have a a clue of what either of they are. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of uh, running around the point that I don't have a feel in this game. If I were to take a side, I actually may lean A&M, because I still think athletically they're just a lot bigger and better than Miami. I, I can't say that, though, and not acknowledge the fact that they were a lot bigger and better than App State. Look how that went.
3: Boy, there's there's a lot of teams that we have. Let's be honest. We have no clue about yeah. Pen, Penn State plays Auburn. I don't know that we know anything about either of those two teams yet, right? So it's it's There's a <laughs> lot of those. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. Penn, Penn State-Auburn, by the way, is another game that I'm terrified of because, you know, you talk about coaches on the heart seat, hot seat. We're going to talk about Mark How about Mr. Harson is next on the Scott Frost watch, I think, if, if, more than anybody. Uh, in terms of how turbulent it was last year, he could really use that game. But I would probably lean Penn State in there, and I'm sure I'm not alone. There's probably a crowd of people saying Penn State would be the play, even though it feels uh, a little square. It's all right. I, I, I do like some of the things I've seen, assuming that Penn State offense is healthy and can move.
3: All right, Adam, we got about a minute and a half left, and I and I wanted to save this because I want to get ahead of this, which is there could be a path here where BYU is sort of the, uh, the narrative going on through the season of, wait, they could get to a playoff. And what I mean by that is, you alluded to earlier, that was such mayhem this past week that a lot of people probably didn't see BYU beat Baylor with, without some of their key players. And now BYU's got Oregon. They've got some games moving forward, too, that are a good enough competition where if they, they've obviously got to get by Oregon first here. That's you know a big if. But if they do this... Doesn't the buzz start to begin on BYU as a potential
1: playoff
3: team? Because they have the path, right?
1: Oh, this is a way easier conversation to have than Cincinnati last year. Cincinnati was, you know, it was Notre Dame and Indiana, right? That was like the beacon of hope, and then you had some conference games. You've got Baylor, who you beat. You've got Oregon. You've got Notre Dame. You have Arkansas. You know, at the very least. Then you've got some teams like you know Stanford and Utah State, not very good. But you you have some very strong, a pretty strong schedule overall. And you just got through one of them. So I'm, you and I have been on the same page. We are team chaos. We are team group of five teams for now uh, before they join a major (laughs) conference. Yes. Um, It's absolutely there. I do think this is a really tough spot for them, though. And I think we're going to overreact on both sides. We're going to overreact and assume BYU is a great team, and they might be. And we're going to overreact after watching week one Oregon get blown out and say they're not very good. They are still pretty good. I think Oregon's very live in this game. And, and unfortunately for BYU, I do like the Ducks here minus the point.
3: Okay. Well, we, we, we poured some water on that. I quick. hope I'm wrong. Yes, uh, I hope you're yeah. – you know what, I am too, because I'd love to have this uh, going Fair on enough. for the year. Adam, great. Love talking to you. Appreciate you uh, joining us. Um, we figured it out today. Thank you, man
1: like always take care buddy talk Adam, to you next
3: week you too Adam Kramer everybody at kegs and eggs one of the iconic Twitter handles of them all your pro tip of the hour is really probably the biggest sort of pro tip macro pro tip we can give which is and we've said it many times before but it's worth saying again the biggest advantage betters have against the books is they don't have to bet every game While the books have to post everything, just because we have a standalone game tonight doesn't mean you have to bet it. It's your pro tip of the hour. We do one every hour on VEASAN across every show, so that means at least 20 a day. They're all available for VEASAN Pro subscribers only at VEASAN.com, where you can sort them by sport and by show. Will Hill joins us next.